Hey, what's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Titanic 2 from 2010, directed by Shane Van Dyke. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor... Fuck you, Shane McGraw. <laughs> Welcome to the dumpster. For God's sakes, James, I know looks can be deceiving, but can I remind you this is Titanic 2. The ship is equipped with state-of-the-art ice detectors that'll sound if we get within 500 yards of an ice cube. Hayden... This wave is clocking in at 843 miles per hour. Now, 500 yards isn't going to make a damn bit of difference. Now, you get hit by any ice, it's going to tear your ship in half. I demand the floor. <laughs> Take it away, Sam. Haven't heard that in a while. This is the sound of my notebook. There it is. There's the sound of my notebook flying across the room, because I'm going to tell Shane Van Dyke something from the heart right fucking now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> chim chimity chim chim charoo? Dear fuckface, okay? <laughs> you had the audacity, the, the, the fucking grapefruit-sized testicles... To make an exploitative, nonsensical movie called Titanic 2 that is so aggressively middle of the road and not special that my feelings are actually hurt. Okay? <laughs> you you could have had the, the maiden voyage of this sequel ship get sunk by fucking Cthulhu. It could have been attacked by Martians. It could have been a giant baby underwater who, who lifted his big fucking stupid hand up and smacked it in half. You could have done anything. It, I don't care if it was a fucking Sharknado that ripped this boat apart. <laughs> but no. No. You just had icebergs come at the ship instead of the ship come at the icebergs. Jump into a fucking volcano. He's bringing the icebergs to us. Right, though? It should have been like a fucking sea serpent or something. The sharktopus or whatever. That would have been better, right? Give me the devil fish from Mr. Science Theater. Yeah, there you go. Full of fake Italians who said they're Floridians. <laughs> Anything other than this fucking, this plain-ass vanilla ice cream B-movie that would love to be a B-movie, but it's really not at all. Uh, no, it's not. And it's just like, how many times can we look back? How many times can we look backwards and, t and talk about the first Titanic? How many times can we say the words Titanic 2 in the course of a film? I think they had to say Titanic 2 TM because if they said Titanic, they would get sued. Yeah, probably. Uh, probably, and I think they can get away with calling this Titanic 2 because they go, Oh no, it's the ship's name. <laughs> Not the name of the movie. It's not a sequel. It's just the name of the ship. It's a love letter. <laughs> Hard, cringy grin. Titanic T-O-O. -O. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Shane Van Dyke. Uh, apparently the grandson of Dick Van Dyke. That shit's blowing my mind, man. I would, If I was Dick Van Dyke, like the moment this dude's name popped up on like one of the first these, we'll talk about Asylum Pictures in a second, but like... The first time one of these movies came out with his name on it, like, I would roll up to his house with a fucking shovel and beat him with it. I didn't even, like, I, obviously, I'm familiar with the name Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke, of course, but, like, never in my head was like, oh, that, you think they're related? Like, I'm, like, talking to myself, like, you think they're related? Like, that never crossed my mind at all. Because it's so, div it, this is so divorced from anything relevant or important or good it would be like if I popped in one of these fucking movies and I saw the words, like, it was, like, directed by Jerry Spielberg. I'd be like, there's no way they're related. And then it turns out they were. I'd be like, what in the fuck? Because Steven would have him killed. <laughs> you know? 
tarnish the family name. I don't think so. It shows up with George Lucas in tow with baseball bats. Hey, uh, I heard I heard you were making a bad movie. Come here real quick. I want to show you something. I heard you were uh, I heard you're selling my friend Steven's name. <laughs> I, uh, I melted down the uh, $4 billion I got from Disney and put it into this baseball bat. <laughs> he walks around with a peacemaker. I'm going to beat the Spielberg out of you. <laughs> You'll just be called Jerry. They're going to call you nothing anymore, ever again. <laughs> You'll be dead. He sure would be making Titanic 2, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so this, this movie is from what is now, I guess, uh rather ubiquitous studio name, uh, Asylum Studios. Yes. Who I... I knew about Asylum Studios before I ever ever saw one of their movies because I walked into a blockbuster one day and saw a movie on the shelf that just said Transmorphers, and I was like, <laughs> that is all I ever need to see from that film. Oh, man. I, th- I picked it up and looked at the back of the box. I saw a logo for a studio. Might have seen Shane Van Dyke's name, although I would read it several times in the later years because, like, this is just what the fuck he does. I can't believe it. Like, I'm still floored from all of this because, like, again, like you said, like, it, like the first time I saw an Asylum film, I've never actually seen one. So this is the first one I've actually seen. Yeah, same thing. But I've seen clips of them and I've oh, yeah. like, you, you walk by Redbox and go... Oh, Thor Ragnarok came out. Oh, and look at that. Thor God of Thunder Part 3 is out. Asylum Pictures. I'm surprised. Alien vs. Hunter. <laughs> Remember that one? Yes. Or or The Battle, colon, of Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Or when Cloverfield came out, they had one called The Beast or some shit like that? They did, yeah. With like an octopus creature in the middle of New York? Oh, and they had one, they had one, I swear to God, it was just called Atlantic Rim. <laughs> It's not, I'm not even making that up. It's real. I've, I've definitely laid eyes on that box before. Don't ask me to watch it. I never will. Their sole goal is to just make ripoffs. And who is consuming this? It's a tall task to make exploitation cinema look worse because exploitation cinema is just, it's in the name. It's exploitative. It's, it's jumping on the bandwagon of a popular genre. We saw it in the fucking 70s. Yeah. It happened with Jaws. It happened with Escape from New York. For sure. It happens with everything. Uh, and this is like a brand new version of it. I wouldn't say brand new, but it's like the latest form of it, I would say, where it's just, let's just slap a name and a concept onto something that is just so shockingly similar to something that has already made a fuck ton of money. Oh, yeah. And we're going to put in a quarter of an effort. And see if we can confuse some people and they'll buy it. Yes, we're going to confuse some old people and we'll get it out (laughs) as soon as possible. Like Ghostbusters. (laughs) I just want to point out, though, to the folks at home, this was actually something that was not even on our radar at all, and a fan actually sent this in as something we should check out. Yes. Were you trying to hurt us? Were you trying to help us what was the what was was your what was your objective there because i suppose what we did like our one uva bowl movie um and i don't see a reason for us to ever have to watch an uva bowl movie ever again i was considering alone in the dark but uh yeah maybe even postal nah i don't know about postal i mean connor you're already playing with fire by just inciting his name (laughs) (laughs) what is he gonna leap out of my closet he just might don't say that because i'm sitting in front of a mirror right now he's gonna fucking get me what is he fucking bloody mary he's gonna come and get you yeah he pops out from behind your coats he's like hello would you like to come to my restaurant he's looking for michael bay i'm the only movie maker ever i i let my actors write their own scripts well actually you know what he already got rid of michael bay i forgot he got snapped out that's right uh i suppose this is our like mandatory dip into the waters of 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 this kind of movie and like 
There ain't a goddamn thing special about this movie. No. Except for the fact that when it is being inept, it's being gloriously inept. Yeah. But then when it's not doing that, you're like, who could give a shit what's happening right now? Here's the thing with this movie. Now, I can't vouch for all of the other Asylum movies, but what this film does is take itself deathly seriously. Oh, yeah. That is part of my biggest issue with it. Yeah, but this is why this works for me in terms of not... Being like, oh my god, I gotta turn this shit off. Like, I can't take it. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, because I couldn't, I, like, I, every time there was something, quote-unquote, serious happening, was when I was paying the most attention. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, how are you gonna goof this? Yeah. And they, they succeeded every time. <laughs> I know, but, like, it was also in the things like, okay, where's the punch, like, I'm looking for the punchline that, that's gonna just fucking fall flat on its face, and it never comes. It's just like, oh my god, I just can't believe they just did that in, in pure sincerity. Yeah, and there's a few zingers that you think would be zingers, like, like, people saying, looks like history's about to repeat itself. Well, yeah. No one looks the camera, and there's no, like, ironic musical cue. No. Nope. That's just dialogue. Yeah, and it's complete, completely straight. You're waiting for, like, the pause for, like, laughter or effect. You're like, oh, you're just gonna roll with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is basically about uh, some fucking millionaire makes, uh, you know... He, he builds Titanic 2 on the 100th anniversary of when the last ship fucking went down, and it goes on its baiting voyage, and the fucking stars align, and it gets hit by an iceberg. Sure does. It doesn't hit an iceberg. That is important to note. Yeah, an iceberg hits them. It gets hit by an iceberg. Twice! An iceberg the size of Rhode Island, by the way. <laughs> because global warming. You know how fucking big Rhode Island is? <laughs> it's, it's, it's bigger than a cruise ship. So, this millionaire, like builds this titanic i don't even know why he does this we're not given any context clues to why he this is all actually happening no that's because there's no one there's no characters in this movie no there's talking heads yes there's people saying things i don't know anybody's name i don't know where anybody comes from oh that's unfortunate some of these names are pretty good yeah specifically one there's a hayden i think he's the main character who's also the fucking director the, the focal point of my ire this guy is stroking his ego the whole fucking movie this keith urban looking motherfucker okay i raise your keith urban with he looks like kevin bacon entered the transporter from the fly and then <laughs> and then carrie always tripped and fell in there with him <laughs> I, that's pretty good. I was going to say he's a lost Busey, but I think that takes the case. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, quite frankly, I think the three of us just took a heaping shit in his appearance, so I think I think, I think think we're done with that. The movie actually opens on this fucking, like, drone shot of of this fucking ice, these, these fucking icebergs and these, like, planes of just ice, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what is this, the fucking north beyond the wall? Like, what are we looking at here? What we're looking at is Pond 5 stock footage because all of that was bought to fill this movie out. Yeah, I was waiting for uh, James Bond to surf across. I was waiting for Jon Snow and the fucking Wildlings to show up. <laughs> it's like intercut with this fucking character that I swear to God looks like Tim Heidecker. <laughs> Stretching and putting on his fucking swimsuit so he get or, or his uh his bodysuit so he can go surfing in this fucking ice cold water. So he can go surfing in this completely waveless water? I don't even know where the fuck this guy is like getting into the water from. Yeah. There's no boat, there's no ship, there's no plane, there's no there's no shore. He doesn't have a dinghy, he's not hanging out on a buoy. 
nothing. No, he's just green screened against the ocean and then jumps in <laughs> the ocean from nowhere. And I'm like, why is this man surfing? What, are we in Iceland or Greenland or some shit? I guess. I think we're in Greenland. And this guy jumps in the water and is seemingly waiting He's freezing his ass off, seemingly waiting for this glacier to break to make waves so he can surf them? Is that what we're doing? Because he has a death wish, is just what I think. Like, because that's not, like, if I'm, let's let's say I'm some kind of extreme sports participant. Like, I'm not going to go sit by an active volcano and go, wait for the lava to roll down, I'm going to surf down it. Why would we open the movie with this stupid fucking like this is this is your like hmm what's going on? They gotta get their body count up, man. Yeah, but they're like hmm what's going on here? Oh, the fucking fault the the, the, the the fucking glaciers cracking and fucking making giant waves in the Atlantic Ocean. Holy shit! Uh, why wasn't it like somebody ice fishing and then like the fucking like like a thing a glacier breaks and then like a, a wave hits them like a shock wave and like kills them or something? Drop a fucking satellite into it or something. <laughs> Or, like, an underground earthquake? I don't care if it was the same satellite from fucking Crocodile Hunter who came sailing to the goddamn sky and hit this thing, okay? Think that's what happened? Think that's what happened? Maybe. Maybe. Prequel? Maybe they're the half of that spaceship. I don't care if it was a satellite of love and Mike Nelson walked off of it, okay? Like... <laughs> It's that fucking droid that Han Solo shoots in Empire just fucking crash landed there. Fucking Imperial probe droid. But yeah, this this fucking ice, this part of this glacier breaks off and hits the water and this fucking surfer just gets hit by this massive wave and is immediately killed. Yeah, and he just, he's first, like, it falls and then he's shocked and horrified as if he expected something else to happen. Yeah, but he surfs the first one and he loves it. Yeah, he surfs the first one and then turns around sees the second killer wave coming at him and then just doggy paddles away like he's like oh no plip 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 and then just gets murdered he rides this glacier wave and then like falls off of his surfboard and then just starts like fist pumping like he was so like hype like this is a thing is it, i wonder if this is a thing that people do they do do they really i i used to work with a guy that i uh, used to surf professionally and he said it's like some of the best waves you can get really there's a word to use there it's like let's wait and behold one of the symptoms of this dying planet and go ride the wave basically like yeah man can't wait for some global warming, dude. Fucking catch the tube. Just sounds so insane to me. I mean, do what you want, but... Also, it... it... <sighs> The process of that is incredibly slow. <laughs> and, to, and to think that you're sitting in, like, what? Uh, how cold is that water? It's got to be, like, in, you know, zero. Negatives. It is fuck-off degrees. It is, you will you will lose your breath if you fall into that water. My balls fell off 30 feet ago degrees. You will die in a half hour, even in a wetsuit. And seemingly no way to get back to shore, but anyway. After uh, Douchig McNobody uh, is killed by a, a, a non, like, a fucking glacier wave, I, I think... We're, we're hit with like our first instance of like just putrid CGI. Uh, first instance, there is shit compositing happening this whole time. Like I said, like I mean, there's there's a lot of it, but then when like an object is in motion, oh god, it's not just like you know, it's not part of the back end. You're like, is that from the Wii? These wa <laughs> these waves are like on top of real footage. <laughs> you know, like composited over with like a mask. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of compositing like like really terrible looking stuff against either um actors uh or just like really bad, seemingly unfinished special effects. Yeah, like I don't know, you guys can do better than that. And it's just like this looks so fucking like they use like a low res 
fuck, they use, like, low-res stock animations and then put it over, like, higher-res footage and then composited it like shit? Yeah, some of it looks like, like, 3D clip art. Yeah, it's so fucking bad. Like, I can't even explain it properly. Like, you gotta see it to believe it kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, I think, actually, I think we meet, um, we meet, uh... (laughs) Senator Kelly before he was uh, murdered by Magneto. <laughs> Bruce Davison, man. Here's the thing. Like, I like Bruce Davison a lot. Yeah, he's not bad. But man, in this movie, he looks like he wants to drown himself in the bathtub. <laughs> he's in one of my favorite uh, Tales from the Dark Side episodes, Word Processor, Word Processor of the Gods. Yeah, and this, he's just, he like... I'm reading this line. Okay, then I shall read the line. There's some points where, like, I'm like he has a brain fart in the middle of his lines. I feel like, like there, like it's not like a dramatic pause. Like I think he like forgets what he's going to say. Oh, there's a lot of sequences where you can watch him just get caught in the electrical field, seemingly in the middle of a sentence where he's like, <laughs> "Well, we have to get to the." To the uh uh, is there like a teleprompter in front of him, and whoever's running it is just not like scrolling it fast enough, and he's just sitting there blankly staring. <laughs> Maybe there's so many shots of him where he's not like someone's talking to him, and he's he's constantly he's never looking at anyone. No, he's constantly looking either left or right or directly straight, and there's people behind him over his shoulder who are just talking to his back. Oh yeah, he's like, yep. Uh huh. Yes, I shall. We will. It will happen. I feel like he might be composited into these fucking shots with these people because it's like, okay, we got Bruce for a day. Uh, put him in front of the green screen and get all of his dialogue. Are you saying he's like, uh, what's his nuts from uh, In Pursuit? Where they just they had him show up for a day in a Hawaiian shirt and that's all that happened. <laughs> yeah, Dean Stockwell. Yeah, and they're just like, all right, we're gonna shoot all your fucking scenes in one day, Dean. Okay, I'm not taking my shirt off. All right, whatever. Do what you want. <laughs> Costume change? That's not in the contract. That's not. A con- I'm here for a day, and I will wear this all day. So Bruce uh, Davison gets a fucking call from he gets his call from Brooke Burns from this Doctor Patterson woman. But this actress, she was like on Baywatch for three years. Was she really? Yeah, she looked familiar. Like a lot of the other uh, women who show up look familiar because I know I've seen them in like z-grade trash before or stuff that was like prominent in the 90s like if nicolette sheridan walked up and like showed up one of these things like i wouldn't be shocked Uh, at what point these are adults okay these aren't like (laughs) high school kids these are like 40 30 40 somethings making films and at just like at what point are you like isn't this stupid you're waiting for these guys to have a, a spiritual awakening this is dumb i don't know how you can get behind something like this and say like this is great well when your grandpappy is dick van dyke you can just do it because you got the money i think you may actually be on the nose there because i think if someone walks up and says dick van dyke's grandson wants to make a movie about the titanic you'd probably go well fuck yeah and maybe if you haven't worked in a number of years you might do that sight unseen and then you show up and you go oh this is a circus or you've never seen an asylum movie yeah could go either way i feel like that happens a lot where you know these studios and these directors and shit like talk this stuff up and these people don't even realize what they're getting into i feel like it happens to lance hendrickson the most where he just shows up somewhere he's like i've been had again look lance fucking knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> yeah or or it's just a matter of like hey we were doing a, a movie that was like really long and we, we need something in between just to kind of pay the bills that's going to be a short shoot and they just hey, that's bruce davidson this is why he's in this movie <laughs> he needed a quick paycheck hey i get that too i totally understand that i feel like lance hendrickson shows up somewhere he's like all right I'm here to film this brand new film, the Kickstarter franchise. They go, yeah, we lied. It's Pumpkinhead 14. He's like, no! 
I play Ed Harley again? You know, if Pumpkinhead sank this ship, I'd be happy. Oh my god, if he showed up, there you go. He just starts biting the ship in half. For whatever reason, he just fucking pops out of the fucking water, and there he is. So Mania, he gets a call from Patterson, and he's like, all right, I'll be there as soon as I can. And he goes to the fucking helipad on top of this uh, Coast Guard building. He gets in, he goes to the pilot, he goes, Snipes, I'd only go with you. (laughs) Get me Snipes. And then Wesley's like, no, man, I'm good. Call me when they're doing Blade 4, okay? (laughs) You know Marvel's gonna call him soon. Is Kevin Feige looking for me yet? (laughs) I need I need all my my fucking pay pre-tax, please. So yeah, him and uh, him and his buddy Snipes, who is named for no reason because he's not important. Nah, he, he's just he's literally he's a, he gets Brad fucking Vickers to tell you the truth. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, we'll get to it in a little bit, but there's a very weird Resident Evil connection uh, coming up very soon. The one we're on the on the boat, Revelations. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I wish that's what this is. Fucking zombies coming out eating people. Why couldn't they have sunk the ship? That would have been better. Titanic two with zombies. Like that's what I expect from movies like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Titanic two with zombies. This movie kind of medeed us in that department. I uh, sure did. I think we all went in expecting something ludicrous and just got like this. It's still pretty ludicrous i expected some kind of ice giant to fucking erupt from somewhere and d- decimate this thing or terrorize this boat but anyway so we get i think we, from there we cut right to the uh the the stupidly long departure well the uh boarding and departure sequence these people are waving for a fucking a, a cool half hour while we set up all these characters also these people are Bored. Oh, yeah. And there's like five people, and they're just using the same shot of them every time. Call me superstitious, but there is no fucking way in hell you're going to get me in a boat named Titanic 2. I don't care if they're giving away fucking million-dollar checks just for going on the first voyage. I'm staying home. Wasn't there a news article a couple years ago or something like that? Like, someone proposed the idea. Oh, yeah, no, they're working on it. I don't know if there's any correlation in this. Maybe, you know, maybe that was Shane Van Dyke's fucking plan all along. He's just going to get the SEO from the fucking actual boat. (laughs) (laughs) This is current events, dude. Like, this new Titanic is getting ready to launch in the next couple years or some shit. Just the stigma around the name alone is enough to fucking put the bad juju on this fucking thing. You're not poking the sleeping bear. You're sticking your dick in the universe's eye. Don't fucking do that. This is so stupid. You're creating, like, some kind of fucking interdimensional tulpa that's gonna just fucking destroy this thing. So we're making Titanic 2, right? Why are we making the same fucking boat again? I don't know. Because that was the stock 3D model that they found was the actual Titanic. That's the actual reason. I actually read that the boat they're using for the departure sequence, the one that's, that's docked, is a real docked boat that I guess is doctored to look like Titanic. Okay. It's got a name and everything, but I don't think it ever actually leaves. It just stays there. Gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah, but, like, when this thing fucking take, when this fucking thing leaves port, that is a fucking CG model if there ever was one. Oh, yeah. Looks like some PS1 shit. It is a block with smokestacks. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a red and white fucking Lego with four <laughs> with four chimneys. We get introduced to these two characters, uh, Amy and Kelly. Uh, they're basically nurses on the ship. Ugh. They're nurses? Question fucking mark. Yeah, they're supposed to be. There's only two of them, and there's no doctor. Yeah, on the whole boat of, like, it gotta be a couple thousand people. Also, that really makes my blood boil considering something medical-related that happens later on. There's a few medical things that happen specifically with these women, and I wanna just be like, who who certified you? Nobody. Well, their whole thing is, like, Amy is, is you know, uh, Captain Maine, which is Bruce Davidson. He He's her father, and, you know, the guy that built this ship, this fucking Hayden character, the director, 
uh, of the film. They used to be together. Yeah, but, like, who could care, though? I know. It's completely inconsequential because the only, it, like, the fact that their father and daughter doesn't have any effect on anything except for the fact that he's like, well, gotta go rescue my daughter with this cockamamie rope plan. <laughs> It brings that fucking angle of view to such a fucking small degree. You took what's supposed to be a disaster film and you zoomed in too close. Way too close. I think that, but they had to, you know what I mean? Even though, see, that's the catch-22 of this film because it's like, we're keeping it small, but we're going fucking big, baby. Look at these CG fucking rockets and shit. I think they wanted, like, their own Poseidon adventure, which I even, I saw the remake of Poseidon, didn't hate it, kind of liked it. No, it's pretty good, actually. Um, And that's the, I think that movie, Kurt Russell's whole thing is like, yeah, he's trying to save his daughter, but his daughter's with him the whole time. Well, yeah. And there's drama that comes from them trying to navigate through a fucking uh, capsized ship. Right. This is like, he's like, I'm 30 minutes away, I'm 15 minutes away, I'm five minutes away, here I am. Yeah, give me fucking this boat sinking and sharks coming inside the boat and they gotta fucking fend them off or something. And then they, and they put knives in their teeth and they fight them with their bare hands underwater that's fine put a fucking laser beam on their head and then ll cool j comes out with a fucking frying pan you ate my bird and he somehow cheats death 11 billion times doesn't pass out from gas inhalation no nope. doesn't fucking blow himself up from a spark doesn't exsanguinate from getting his thigh chomped on by a giant giant smart shark that digs into his carotid artery like yeah, <laughs> fuck it man he's indestructible so yeah we it's this over long like it's it's i would say almost 10 minutes of just people getting on the fucking boat and what at some point Hayden does walk up with two nondescript women in tow. Two? He flies in on a helicopter. And he fucking comes out to, with four women on his fucking sides. This is where I came up with the fucking Kevin Bacon Carrie Always thing, because he walked up, I'm like, that's a bacon face. But then he turned, like, to a profile. I'm like, now you're Dr. Gordon. What's happening? And what's... What is with this music? Yeah. It's like a midi rock, like, fart rock song? It's just one guy on a keyboard. Yeah, and I'm like... Is that more, like, you couldn't afford to just fucking pay $35 for, like, an actual song? Well, they had to, you know, you know, Shane Van Dyke, he had to get all these extra women for him to, you know, grope for the movie, because, you know, he had to stroke his ego for 90 minutes. Oh, my God. Well, there's that, and he had to have water in one scene. I'm sure that $35 went to that one small room where he was like, let's sit in a fish tank and pretend we're stuck in an elevator. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fill it up. It has to fill up. Just like just like in the movie. The other movie. It's not a real thing. It's only it's only a space about two feet wide, but fill the water to my chin. Anyway, so yeah, he walks up and they have like this odd banter between him and girlfriend. Well, ex-girlfriend, yeah. And, and he he basically I think I forget if she asks him or another character mentioned, he's like, Oh yeah, oh, why does it look like the Titanic? Isn't that like bad idea? And he's like, well, you know, it's just the exterior. It actually, the, it all works like a new ship on the on the uh, inside. But we'll never show you. Nope, we sure don't. <laughs> and there, he's like, he's like, oh, are those the lifeboats. And he's like, no, man, we got really good lifeboats in the bottom of the ship. They're the best lifeboats ever. They have jetpacks. <laughs> They are like mini submarines. They look like the fucking submarine you had as a kid in the bathtub. Yeah, they look like the Nickelodeon Award. Oh, yeah, the one Magnus Subansky got for farting? <laughs> yeah, the Kids' Choice Awards. He might as well look at the camera and said, like, we have 72 arcades inside with 47 spas and and, and uh, artificial intelligences that'll see your every need. It wouldn't matter because you never see any of it. We spared no expense on the fucking lifeboats because we got a VFW ballroom we're going to shoot in. Fuck lifeboats. This thing's unsinkable. We learned no lessons yeah <laughs> hey, 
he at one point he's like he's like oh you know because there's like lifeboats on the outside he's like oh that's just for decoration they don't even float and i'm like yeah they will they're buoyant unless they're made out of lead like paper thin he's like yeah you know if you even try to climb into it your foot just goes right through it you know that's how we designed it they're made out of paper even paper would float for a while like what are these things made out of just fucking cement like you get into it just drops you right to the bottom it just exactly well oh they don't even they don't even float what are they they're just glorified anchors <laughs> just added more weight to the ship so yeah and then everybody fucking gets in the ship and then they a bunch of uh bad green screen actors wave to a bunch of other bad green screen actors while this ship moves quote unquote uh into the ocean i'm surprised their fucking arms didn't fall off by the time this fucking ship starts going because they're waving the whole fucking time this this happens well as they're leaving too fucking uh captain maney calls amy and he's like yeah uh, you know, the, the, the Titanic 2 is not really a safe ship. It, like, barely passed inspection, so just be careful. And she's like, wait, what? Yeah, fuck you, Dad. I need to do this. Question mark. What? We never get, like, a backstory to this woman except that she dated this guy Hayden. That's it. And that his dad died, and I guess he took over his company, and now he has Titanic 2? Yeah, but that's not her story. Her story's just, like... Something about, like, yeah, it's... His thing is, like, something about, like, oh, well, if you were handed the keys to the kingdom, you wouldn't say no, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so the keys of the kingdom was, like... Yeah, just like he did in real life. Yeah, yeah so the keys of the kingdom was, like, here's my last wish, son. Recreate this doomed voyage ship. <laughs> It's fucking Norman Osborn. Make the Titanic 2. <laughs> I hate you, son. Here's my life's work. Goblin disease. <laughs> I got the Billy Zane disease. It'll happen to you, Dane DeHan. Now go tell Andrew Garfield to give you his blood. Because he's Spider-Man's. Or something. Whatever, fuck it. Oh, if Green Goblin sank this ship, I'd be really happy. The reason Amy and Hayden broke up is because apparently Hayden, like, took Bruce Davison's boat on a joyride at two in the morning, and then, like, Bruce Davison was like, what the fuck, Hayden, and then punched him in the nose, and then they broke up. That's rational. Yeah. No, yeah, but it's just, like, that's boring. Why would, also, why would you ever, like, like, hey, what'd you see in that guy? I don't know. He stole my dad's boat. My dad punched him. It was weird. Like, what do you- It was weird. He's a bajillionaire. <laughs> you know, my dad, my dad owns the Coast Guard or something. Yeah, maybe. Sure. He's on the stars team. It doesn't matter. So this fucking asshole is like walking around the ship with these women on his arm. And he's like, like right before the boat takes off, some chick comes up to him. She's like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? And he's like, what? Well, sure you can. And she just he just signs their hands. Like, their palms are their hands. I'll never wash this hand ever again. He's like, what's your name? She's like, Tammy. And he's like, oh, Tammy, that, that's a great name. You ever see that movie with the T-Rex? Oh, my God. Then Hayden, he gets up, like, he does, like, a fucking speech, like he's, like, the mayor or something. <laughs> he he basically is like, you know, let's have a great voyage on the 100th anniversary. And he introduces this guy, this Captain Howard. Captain Will Howard of this fucking boat is D.C. Douglas. And Douglas is a pretty renowned voice actor. He, you know, I said there was a Resident Evil connection. Oh my god, he's Albert Wesker! He's Wesker? Yeah, in a ton of games. <gasps> oh my god. That just blew my fucking mind. He also did Legion in fucking Mass Effect. And he, he fucking voiced Eddie Gordo once. What? <laughs> And he, and he did the uh, the VO for X Drake for fucking One Piece. Like, he's done a ton of stuff. Holy shit. I can't believe, like, that dude is responsible for my only Twitter handle ever, and he's in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Wesker Commander is, for, okay, there's a, if, 
Then we're talking to this guy. You should all go track down a, a sketch he did where he's playing Wesker talking to Legion. It is bizarre, and he's voicing both characters. And he's in this movie. And he's in this fucking movie. Why? That's really strange. Like, of all the people who I've come across in, like, the various media formats like as far as talent goes i didn't think this would be the cross-pollination no no another quick weird aside the guy basically under the captain this fucking uh elmer character who's like fucking pissing his britches over this fucking ship not being prepared to leave yeah dime store chris o'donnell well he apparently he's fucking uh shane van dyke's older brother carrie oh my god uh, so what you're saying is this movie is just like it's just nepotism through and through oh yeah yeah but like the thing is none of them can fucking act that's the problem oh god no at least elmer had the fucking hindsight to just have a bit part y- well <laughs> shane probably looked at him and said like look you're 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 bad but uh you're worse than me so uh I can only use you so much. <laughs> this is my movie. This is my bad movie. Not yours. So he's just like, all right, let's make history on a green screen. Bye. Bye. Same group of civilians uh, f- uh, copied and pasted into several groups. Then they ring the fucking bell. Cue the fucking dude outside ringing the bell against the green screen. Blatantly, obviously, disgustingly composited like shit. And then like... These fucking fighter jets and, like, fireworks explode over the fucking ship and, like, paint uh, red, white, and blue in the sky? Oh, my God, dude. America. Looks like fucking dog shit. They float right by the Statue of Liberty, um, and then, they, you know, insert more uh, stupid tropes that they can sail by. Where the fuck is this boat? I don't know. How does it end up where it ends up if it's in New York right now? And the depth of field, like... Again, like, I can't make enough comments about the compositing because it's just like, who, like, did an intern do this? Did this effects work? Like, could you not just pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to, like, make this decent? Did Shane Van Dyke do it on his spare time? If this is a novelty act, like, were you going to sail out to the spot the ship sank and said, look, everybody, time to go home? You know what? Definitely don't book me on that fucking cruise. That's fucking, that's grade A fucking stupid. Like, what? No. Isn't this supposed to be, like, this bougie-ass exclusive kind of thing? You mean, why are a bunch of schlubs walking on the ship? Yes. Yeah, people in socks and sandals and fucking cargo shorts. If you really look at it from, um, I wouldn't even say a cynical point of view, but if you really wanted to take another layer out of this, like, if you want to peel some back, um, the idea of taking... A ship that killed thousands of people um, in in icy, frigid water. Uh, a lot of them are still on that boat, as far as we understand, underwater, just decaying over time. Um, and then you said, oh, yeah, come on, it's fucking cheap-ass. Everybody can come along. It's a tourist attraction. Seems really cynical. Yeah, and there's also, there's not one kid on this boat. Yeah, and super shitty. Like, it's, it's, it's like if you turned Auschwitz into an amusement park. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's super garbage, and I don't know why anyone would be okay with it. It's also that, too, like, the exclusivity of this is just, like, non-existent. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but, like, that's what would happen. Like, your rich-ass scumbag motherfucking peoples would be buying all of the tickets up of this. Not fucking Mary from down the street who works at the shop right, you know what I'm saying? This would be Fire Festival 2.0 with... Like, 
100% more casualties. This boat should look like, should be like a, a f- giant floating casino. This boat should cost me money to look at. Yeah, right, exactly. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, it's super, super extravagant, and it just looks like a fucking hojo on the inside. On the inside, it looks like a casino in Vegas. It looks like a Howard Johnson. Yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> well, the pisser, too, is when the fucking boat finally does pull away, and they're trying to, I guess, show the scale of it. They have this other small boat in the water in front of it, and it looks like dog shit. Because it's completely posited like asshole <laughs> yeah it looks actually like not comparable in size but it, i guess it's supposed to dwarf the ship like it's big but it's not that big okay so the the titanic is like going excuse me titan the titanic 2tm is going they don't mess it up i know i have like, i'm gonna get sued and <laughs> have to pay the royalties <laughs> it's going between this little boat and the and the statue of liberty and like somebody doesn't know how to use like depth of field correctly because it looks like everything is just right on top of each other and like it's just like a flat shot it looks like a video game level from like super nintendo where it's just it's just several 2d objects just passing over each other because one this boat is also making no wake there's no the waves the water's not moving it's just slicing right through it like it's on a giant fucking like blade just carrying through the ocean earthworm jim has more depth than this scene so yeah after after a brutal amount of time the boat finally fucking takes off um, and I think this is when we jump back to Senator Kelly as he's uh, flying off to an iceberg. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, he stops by at Wilford Brimley's. <laughs> they fucking land down. I'm not an alien. You can pick me up in your helicopter. No, I'm, I'm out here by myself for no reason. <laughs> my uh, my research team is not dead, burnt to a husk in a, in a, in a blown-up facility somewhere. I'm just... I- it's just me among the wreckage. I don't know what else to say. Who's McCready? I don't know who that is. I would, I've been living in a cocoon for the past six months. Come on. That's not a noose. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I just want to go to sleep in the ice. So fucking Bruce Davis, uh, Davison goes out there, and he's like visiting the fucking expedition in the Mountains of Madness, and he's like, what are you guys doing out here? <laughs> He really is, though. Yeah. It's like this this Dr. Patterson and her, like, assistant who doesn't even get a name because does, it doesn't matter. Guy who falls through ice soon. <laughs> I object to your terminology, but we'll get there. <laughs> well, she's, like, going on. She's she's saying, you know, oh, you know, this this ice falling, it's getting worse, and, you know, I'm predicting an iceberg the size of Rhode Island's going to fall off eventually, and, you know, that's going to be catastrophic for the entire Atlantic coast. Senator Kelly's like, I love chowder. Rhode Island, what? You, what are you talking about? I'm not listening. This is the worst I, I hate when films do this because like if you're okay if you're gonna get all fucking scientific about it don't you dare fucking get all pseudo-scientific on me because this shit is garbage they're like yeah well you know if this fucking ice shelf breaks off into the ocean it's gonna cause a fucking nine thousand foot tsunami that travels a thousand miles an hour and pushes all the ice that's in the water towards things well she said she gives some like fucking analogy about will you ever throw a pebble in a river and see what happens. You ever watch it ripple? You know, when 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 it falls in the water, ripples? You know what ripples are, right? You ever see two dogs fuck and you're <laughs> trying to keep them apart? <laughs> that dog's going to jump that fence and fuck that other dog. Oh, my God. And Yeah, so, like, she's telling him this, and she walks him over to, like, this cliffside, I suppose. And it, first of all, you can t- look and go, man, look at those hard-ass outlines against these fucking people. The matting is shit. Ugh. Somebody went crazy with the feathering, and, like, most of these people are disappearing into the background. 
<laughs> it's like, what the, f- like, what are you doing? It's like MK Annihilation with the fucking guys flying, you know, spitting in the air in the beginning. And they're like, keep getting keyed out mid jump. Yes. And that's embarrassing because that movie is from 1990. Blah, and this is from 2010. Yeah. Now, all of these things are available at our fingertips, but I guess just nobody wants to take the time to fucking learn these programs. Kevin Smith said it best that filmmaking has been democratized. Anybody can do it. You have access to a whole bunch of shit. There is some wild-ass consumer technology out there that Shane Van Dyke gloriously ignored. I know, but, like, I own it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, again, but, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, how many movies have you made? And it's like, well, none, because I don't have enough money or time at the moment, right? Yeah. Working on it. But, like, it, just because you took a camera out somewhere and filmed something and then put footage together for fucking an hour and a half doesn't mean it's a movie. You know what I mean? If you painted a stick figure on the wall with human shit, I'm not obligated to like it because you tried or call it art yeah you know what i mean <laughs> hey i worked really hard on that <laughs> how many stick figures of poop have you painted you gotta like mummy the hand so yeah, they're staring at this fucking cliffside and he's like what am i looking at <laughs> <laughs> there's this big ass chunk fucking missing he's like oh that's not good she's like yesterday's collapse he's like uh huh. Look at look at this Alamy stock photo. What, ha- what? I don't get it. And behind them, this uh, this like science uh, assistant man, whatever the fuck, is like filling cups of snow or ice or whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> he's taking snow samples. And I'm like, wait a second. Is he like gathering snow to like make water? I don't know. Man, I, is he making Slurpees? Well, no. That's what I thought. Like, okay, gather some snow to make like water for everybody. And then it's just like, wait a second. These are like. I'm saying he's putting them in like fucking capsule corp nonsense. Like, yeah, they're like in like TCRI containers i was gonna say yeah he's like i have to bring this to umbrella yeah. <laughs> lost plog is just frozen in the in the fucking ice yeah we gotta we gotta, I gotta bring this to my fucking rich ass corporate evil overlords so i can find a way to weaponize it against some city he's fucking you know manning the titanic 2 right now but you know i'll get it to him coincidentally the glacier starts to fall apart yeah but for like no reason and they, they, she briefly mentions like global warming it like a piece breaks off and then like this other piece breaks off and he's like well when's your next piece gonna break off She's like, I don't know. In fact, right now. And then it happens. This is the Rhode Island size chunk that comes off, by the way. Yeah. And this this dude collecting snow. This is where the movie really grabbed me. It was like, oh, you're going to do shit like this. <laughs> because before, when you said he falls into a crack is accurate, but <laughs> it's not exactly what happens visually because this motherfucker is running left and right and every time a new crack forms he stops and has like a fucking reaction to it he's like brawl brawl and then finally one appears beneath him but to say he falls into it is not right because he becomes a static image and he's sucked into it is what happens <laughs> it's like tim and eric it's like Saul the Mole Man. He gets he gets poochied off screen. Like he just kind of goes and just gets really kind of crudely sucked down in the bottom of the screen. Yeah. The assistant and Wilford Brimley just fall in a fucking hole. They're gone. It looks so fucking bad, dude. Yeah, it's it looks like he was sucked up by a vacuum cleaner. It's one of those things, like, if you can't do it, why are we doing it? Like, don't do it. Like, you could have done something else to, to fudge it a little bit. So then, yeah, uh, uh, Bruce Davison and uh, uh, Baywatch Girl escape via helicopter. And that's where they stay for the rest of the film. Every fucking shot here on out is in that helicopter with the exception of the end. Well, they go to get away and the fucking helicopter almost gets hit by this friggin' wave. It's so high off the ground. Yeah, this helicopter looks like it's made of uh, CGI rubber, by the way. It's, it is, 
It is it is weird and puffy and like textureless. Like it looks like um oh polygons out the ass for this. It looks like when you walk into a room in a video game and there's texture pop in and like you're waiting for the like you're like up oh, that wall hasn't loaded. There it is. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't rendered. There's like all jagged edges on it and shit. So yeah, now now this is the start of the actual disaster of the disaster film because now we have this uh colossal piece of ice that is gonna fly towards our ship as opposed to our ship flying into it. It's not even the piece of ice. It's a shockwave. Again, like she says before, you ever throw a fucking rock in a pond and the ripples? Well, it's like that. So imagine imagine throwing a rock the size of Rhode Island into the Atlantic Ocean. And that's basically what we're doing here. Mankind would die. But we don't really ever see, like, the repercussions beyond what happens to the boat. No, they're so worried about this fucking Titanic ship. What about New Jersey? Is it just gone? It re- <laughs> Right. What about the east coast of North America and the west coast of Europe? You know what? I think this is how Rumpelstiltskin ends up in California. Oh, yeah, you know. Son of a bitch. Here it is. This is this, this was the missing link. This fucking wave has pushed him from the bottom of the ocean floor in Europe to the shores of California. Are you implying that in the MDU that uh, society is forever changed by a freak wave that hits the coasts of two continents? I, uh, you know? I'm not gonna say no. Are you saying that this is like the Chitauri invasion where, like, lots of stuff changed because this one thing happened? I think so. This is why we needed to go back we needed to go into the fucking quantum verse, the quantum realm, and fix this shit because John just fucked it up, man. <laughs> like you somehow managed to get John Hurt in there. Yeah, well, he's he's fucking drilling holes in the Arctic and leaving bombs. Are you telling me that? Are you telling me that way off in the distance, as these two are fleeing the scene, there's John Hurt cackling with a jackhammer as he's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> John Hurt's walking around there with a fucking space blanket because he thinks he's in the year 3001, but he's really in 2010. Wow, that is a dynamite way to draw that back to the end of that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, so he, you know, he's walking around like fucking Obi-Wan, and he's like, look, Disneyland, Epcot Center. Look, I, I just got into a fight with a one-armed homunculus, okay? I had to go jackhammer some ice. The only explanation is I have to blow it all up. And this is where it starts. Hayden and Amy are talking, they're kind of both watching the sunset, and I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, Rose and Jack are here. Oh, yeah. He's alternately, like, he's Billy Zane and Leonardo DiCaprio in one guy. Yeah. He's playing the best of both worlds. But he's also, um, Victor Garber. Yeah, what? And he's James Cameron all at the same time. <laughs> and Bill Paxton, for Christ's sake. Are you telling me at the end of this movie that Granny Van Damme is gonna drop a fucking rupee into the ocean? <laughs> that's the, that's, that's where they have to recover the fucking Van Damme bloodstone at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> well, you you think you, you're not getting this gem, you fucking bastard? You go look for that jewel and I'll, I'll blow you away with this shotgun. Joke's on you, I've had it the whole time. Drop my wheelchair in the ocean, please, I want to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of them jet crab things you got going down there. They just push her overboard and she's like, take off your clothes. <laughs> They're like, you should probably take yours off. You're going to sink. Yeah. <laughs> she grows bat wings and flies away for no fucking reason. That, that's not how this works. Yeah, she turns into a fucking deadite. <laughs> <laughs> See you, fuckers. Oh, you, you know, they're they're talking basically about kind of what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, they broke up because, you know, her father punched him in the face. And, you know, I was going to say she's probably she was probably like, why did you steal my dad's boat? And he's like, I don't like his stance on mutant kind. OK, <laughs> I didn't want him looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life. And she's like, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about us. And then 
because we just don't go anywhere with that. Mink basically calls the fucking Navy, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, as long as the iceberg doesn't hit the lifeboats, you guys should be okay. The Navy has this fucking submarine, this nuclear sub, and they have this weirdo fucker on the uh, periscope. This has no point. What is the point of this? This guy on the periscope literally goes, let's get this cigar smoked. Yeah, <laughs> let's get this cigar smoking. And I'm like, what are you talking? Where are you going? Like, they're given coordinates. They're not even told what they're looking for. And they're supposed to go help out the Titanic? Question mark? Titanic 2, excuse me? Well, yeah, because first, first Maine is basically saying how, oh, well, they have the lifeboats, so they're going to be okay. And then Patterson's like, well, hold on a minute. Like, these lifeboats, yeah, like, if they're on the surface level, everything should be okay. But, like, there's all this ice in the way that's going to get pushed. Like, these lifeboats, they're going to be fucked if they get in them. And he's like, ah, shit, I got to pass the message on. Yeah, because, like, within the so within the tsunami, right, he's like, oh, that's okay. Nothing's going to happen. You know, the, the, the wave will come and it'll just, like, pass them or whatever. And then he's like, and then the chick's like, but wait a second. You're in North Atlantic waters. You know what's in North Atlantic waters? And he's like, ice. And the fucking wave will push the icebergs into things. But, like, on board, everyone's like, this ship was designed for impact, blah 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 But would the wave just carry these fucking icebergs all the way there? You know what I mean? Or just, like, kind of pass through them like they pass through the ship? They're moving pretty goddamn fast. 800 miles an hour, to be precise. There's a lot of bizarre exchanges between, like, uh, uh, Douche McClurg, Hayden, who the fuck his name is, um, and his, like, commanding, like, the captain of the crew about, like, Fuck it, thrusters and how many engines this thing has, and uh, it, like you're, we haven't broken the engines in yet, and blah 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 blah. The whole thing is the boat's brand new, and El- Elmer because basically they get the call about the national emergency, and they start bringing everybody down to the lower decks, and and someone comes to get Hayden to bring him to like the captain's quarters, and the captain and this Elmer guy are basically saying, hey. You know, the engines, we can't really just put them up to full speed because they'll fucking break. And Hayden's like, well, if we're going to get hit by a tsunami, like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Which is actually kind of rational. For sure. Well, Bruce, like, makes the call to them and he's like, yeah, you're going to have to go towards warmer waters so the fucking, so there's no ice. And it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Right, because the water's moving at 843 miles per hour just pushing these fucking icebergs at their their boat. Right. By the way, that wouldn't just, um, I'm not a physicist. (laughs) Me neither. But, like, I'm assuming if a giant block of solid matter collides with another giant block of solid matter at 800 miles an hour, it's not going to just kind of cause a slow, destructive sinking. It's going to break it in half. It's going to obliterate it. (laughs) And that's exactly what happens to this fucking submarine because (laughs) it it explodes. 1,500 yards. 500 yards. And then this guy on the periscope says something uh, unintelligible. and it just, it, it hits this fucking iceberg, and the submarine just explodes. And I buy it, because, yeah. Because, yeah, that's what should happen to the ship. Bruce Davison calls into the fucking, to the to the Titanic 2. He, he, like, tells them what's gonna happen, and all that bullshit, and, like, you guys gotta do this and this. And before they, before, like, they really have an argument, Hayden's, like, downstairs in a fucking, in this dance hall, the ballroom. But it looks like a fucking VFW, like somebody's having a birthday party at the firehouse. Oh, yeah. Like an Elks Club. Yeah. There's, like, a few Christmas lights in the background, and, like... <laughs> Everyone's got some like really cheap looking wine glasses and there's like there's like no visible band. There's just this big podium. Are you here to support the local Freemasons? Yeah, me too. There's like trays of mac and cheese on the fucking table on the side. I'd hate to be the guy in front of that when this fucking boat got hit by the iceberg cuz you know he's got third degree burns all over the body. He's got Velveeta all all over his pants. All over his whole body, really. Before Maine gets on the phone with the captain and Hayden, he uh 
Maine calls his daughter and he leaves a message basically saying, uh, hey, Amy, uh, you know, you got to get all the people on the top floor and you got to make sure you're all like in the center of the boat. Because if you're at the bottom of the boat and this thing gets hit by an iceberg, everyone's going to die. Meanwhile, everyone's being shuttled into the fucking bottom of the boat, which is where all the lifeboats are. Hayden like gets word about it and he's like fucking hobnobbing and like cheersing fucking everybody that he comes in contact with. And then... He, like, tells his right-hand chick to, like, tell everybody what's happening. And she goes up on the microphone and she's like, uh, excuse me, everybody, you're gonna have to, you, you know, the entire boat of people that's in this fucking ballroom, which is probably over 2,500 or three, maybe even 3,000, it's probably more than that, exit out of the one door and please go down the elevators to the bottom of the boat. This is just an emergency precaution. She's making this fucking announcement and it's showing people like they're walking around the Taj Mahal or the fucking Tropicana like they just got lunch. Oh, they look like they're about to go cash in their fucking chips. Like, no one looks concerned at all. No. And again, just to be clear, this looks like a fucking dime store hotel. So the uh, the captain tells the uh, chief engineer to fucking, you know, go full blast with the uh, engines. And, you know, the, the, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. And then one of the engines burns out. And Hayden starts freaking out, like, just stop, just push the rest of them. And the captain kind of gets in his face and he's like, listen, we got three more engines. If you push them, we're going to be like ducks in the water here. Like, we're, we're going to be screwed. Yeah. And then he's like, well, what about the turbines? And I'm like, what about them? <laughs> And then this chief engineer just randomly shows up, and he's in, like, two other scenes. Paul McCartney, you mean? The ship has emergency thrusters as well. Yeah, and I'm like, how does this all work if you don't, if, if, if like, the engines aren't running? Like, all of those things are components to the engine. This ship has 13 engines and 14 emergency thrusters and, th- and, th- and 37 rudders, and it has wings that expand in the case we need to take flight. If it has six engines in it, this thing should be fucking trucking. You should, your trip should be over already. Yeah, exactly. When Hayden had this thing built, did he, like, base it off blueprints he got from his father before he passed away but he forgot to read the part where it said like don't actually build this this is a joke (laughs) it was a goof okay when he got the blueprints was he like i'm gonna build the greatest gummy ship ever like is that what's (laughs) happening here yeah i don't know like just pieced together out of junk i have no idea Bruce Davison gets on the fucking horn and actually gets through to these people, like, on on the Titanic 2. And Hayden shows up as he's talking to them. And he's like, you gotta get out of the water. You know, you gotta get, move into warmer waters. That fucking, that fucking wave is gonna be there in 15 minutes. And he's like, it's just gonna wash over us, man. It's just a wave, dude. And he's like, no, you don't understand. There's glaciers in the, in the tsunami. And he's like, listen, we have ice detectors that will pick up ice within 500 yards of the ship he says it'll pick up an ice cube within 500 feet cool and i'm like ice detectors what davison goes this thing's moving 843 miles per hour 500 feet ain't gonna mean shit why do you have ice detectors (laughs) exactly it's called a fucking pair of binoculars you you colossal group of asshats it's called sonar you fucking idiots (laughs) how are you picking up ice in water that is arguably the same temperature as said ice. I don't know. That's my point. Are they serving ice on this boat? Like, did someone get a fucking cocktail and the alarm goes off? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Somebody's having a fucking mojito. The ice has infiltrated the ship. (laughs) There's your zombie version. Ice zombie. That's crazy. That's inside the room. It's reading right, man. Look. The readings are coming from inside the house. (laughs) Carol Kane's like, get out. Let's go back to someone saying the wave will just wash over us. This wave 
is what? 60 feet? Gotta be, if not more. Taller than the boat, right? Let's just go crazy. Let's say it's 300 feet. Sure. Which is disgustingly large. It paints a good picture. You're going to capsize this boat. Th- no, no, Harley, uh, Hart Hayden, what are the fuck is he, he thinks seemingly that, like, this will work like hole in the wall, where it's just like a boat-shaped, like, you know, crevice will form in the wave, and they'll just pass right through it or some shit like that. Yeah, like Howard the Duck with that fucking flying machine through the train. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that it doesn't, like, the wave doesn't crash on the boat, but, like, picks it up, right? And now we're on top of this 300-foot wave. When that fucking wave passes them, that ship is gonna drop, like, a ton of fucking bricks back down to, like, regular sea level. At that point, it's just, it's a large coffin. It's, it's, everybody is just going to die. They're all gonna be splattered against the roof of that poor VFW hall and some local <laughs> janners to clean them all up. So, yeah, so then the engines fucking die, and while they're kind of arguing on what to do, th- th- this fucking school of icebergs start careening towards them. <laughs> like they have a mind of their own. Yeah, like it's a pot of whales or some shit. The icebergs have become sentient, they're self-aware. Um, I have to bring attention to this one shot where it's a collection of shots of like, I guess like the boat's first like lean, where people are like noticing something's wrong because it's several shots of confused or bored looking extras just being told like, Okay, now lean left. Look scared, look confused. Don't look at the camera, though. Hey, I'm talking to you. Look away. And there's almost always an extra in, like, the back of a scene that just looks like they missed their cue. Oh, yeah. When the chaos finally starts to ensue, like, when people are, are suddenly scared and running for their lives, it's... A whole lot of tripping up the stairs. It is people slipping on, like, nothing. You'd think everyone had their shoelaces tied together <laughs> in a straight line. There's a whole lot of invisible banana peels in there. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's fucking banana peeling left and right, but it's the same shot of the same staircase and the same VFW floor and the same, like, entrance-exit, like, area. Most of these shots, there's not enough people to fill the frame out, or, like, it's not framed close enough to make it look like a lot of people. So you watch, like, four people trip per shot, and then it just changes location, and then another two people trip, and then it changes again. Just rinse, lather, repeat. There's nothing around these people, and they just fall on their face. It looks somehow worse than old times. Star Trek, oh, the bridge has been damaged, kind of acting does, where everyone's throwing themselves against a fucking stage. At least in those sequences, something is exploding or smoking. Yeah, but at least their fucking camera's shaking. That's not even happening here. Now, this is before, like, anything is even really happening to the boat. Like, these people are just in a panic. Oh, yeah, the the boat has not yet been hit by said iceberg. Right, and or wave. And already, like, the, the sense of chaos is so underwhelming, you're like, I can't wait to see how this actually builds up. There is... A tsunami. The tsunami that is going to ravage the northeast of the Atlantic that just never followed up on, by the way. Like, put it underwater. It's going to fuck up two hemispheres, okay? Right. So, again, like, how big is this wave? I don't know. Let's just call it 300 feet tall, right? And it's packing a fucking buckshot of glaciers. (laughs) Right. And it's traveling at 800 miles an hour. 843. (laughs) 843 miles an hour. Western Commander's just like, uh... It's history repeating itself all over again. Bam, bam, bam. And then here comes this fucking wave pack and this pot of fucking glaciers. And and again, like before we were talking, like what do you think's going to happen to this ship, right? It's just going to get fucking holes blown into. It's just going to get obliterated, right? No. Uh, this glacier hits the side of this boat, smashes right into it. It doesn't even break through it all the way, okay? It just hits the side of it. This thing should have blown this fucking thing in half and instead it just hits it, doesn't really do any damage and then rolls underneath the ship 
and kind of fucks it up. And then the fucking wave just takes the fucking glacier away. And then there's just like a hole in the bow of the ship where all the fucking lifeboats are. And I wish I had the time to do the math real quick of like what would happen if, I don't know, let's say like a, how much do you think a small glacier weighs? Like, I don't know, dozens of tons, I would say. Thousands. Thousands of tons. Yeah. At 843 miles an hour, that's, it's... We're not dealing with fucking rocks in a stream here. This is a planet-destroying object if it was coming from the sky. (laughs) Yes! It might as well be a terrestrial fucking meteor. You know what I mean? If this fell and hit the center of the country... I think we'd be fucked. It's like a train hitting a person. You're just not going to be anything left. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to be jam on the side of the fucking street. Exactly. So when you think about, like, what happened to the original Titanic, or Titanic 1, if you will, it was going how fast when it hit this iceberg? And that fucking thing decimated <laughs> that ship. Yeah, it tore a fucking giant hole in the side of it, and it eventually caused it to break in half. Then after this impact, the guy was like, oh, well, this fucking ship wasn't designed to take a hit on the side. We we, we reinforced the front of it or some shit. And I'm like... Yeah, just in case the exact same situation had, and not the rest of the boat, just the exact same thing as 100 years ago. The Titanic originally was traveling at 22 knots per hour when it hit the iceberg. That's 25 miles an hour. <laughs> So he said 843 (laughs) divided by 22. And it's the whole glacier coming at the side of the ship, by the way. Oh, this is hilarious. How is the United States even, like, existing after this? I don't know. Let alone the second impact that we're going to get to shortly. Why are we still so concerned with this fucking boat? (laughs) Right? This is, like, a national emergency. This is global. Someone's like, quick, the Titanic's gonna sink. Someone else is like, who the fuck cares about the stupid-ass Titanic? There's gonna be two coastlines completely decimated, and there's not a fucking thing we can do about it. Yeah, exactly. There's widespread panic. Bruce Davidson, he's calling the National Guard, he's calling the fucking army in, but, you know, when he called the president about it, he didn't believe in it, so, uh... You know, global warming, what the fuck are you talking- It's all fake. It's fucking a, ch- a Chinese hoax. Climate change is a hoax. It's a fucking hoax. This is the Chinese ambassador, isn't it? You can't have it. This You can't pull it all over my eyes. We're gonna- we're gonna save the forest by raking up the leaves. Go ahead, send your waves. We'll build a great big wall around the country. <laughs> Meanwhile, a tsunami literally hits the fucking White House. We're gonna build a wall on the shore to block the wave. With a great big old door so I can come in and out whenever I <laughs> We're going to install drain pipes in the earth to suck the wave into the into the middle of the earth. We're going to build a force field around the country. We're going to we're going to push it back. I'm going to just talk at it and it's going to go away. Just like the school shooter, I could have stopped it. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, the, the the boat gets hit by this fucking iceberg and miraculously just a bunch of people get hurt and a few fall off the side. Also like this the shot of like a uh, uh, supposed carnage got a real big laugh out of me because it's just this somber music set to like a bunch of shots of just random extra lying around going, ow. (laughs) There's one lady with a quote-unquote broken leg that we'll get to in a second. Who's doing the thing where she's like, she's just holding her hand over the wound, just shaking her hand like, ooh, it hurts. I know, she's just like, help me. How? Ooh, my ankle. And nobody else is around her. Well, somebody tries to like lead fucking Hayden off the boat to his helicopter and and he's about to get on it and he kind of looks around and is like, oh, fuck, there's a lot of injured people. He has a fucking, his, uh, his Nam moment where he just looks out and has this fucking, his war flashback or where the fuck it is. Like, he's like, oh, the people are suffering. It's like, he just, it just shows like six 
people like ah yeah there's like an old guy like fake coughing and you know somebody somebody bumped their arm and they're like oh that hurts it's smart then they have like this super unnecessary like side plot where amy thinks he went on the helicopter <laughs> By the way, while he's while he's making this decision to be a good Samaritan, like Amy is assisting this woman that I was just talking about with the broken leg, right? And like this is the first instance of this woman being a nurse and not knowing what the fuck she's doing because she's just sitting there with her like oh yeah you broke you broke your leg didn't you she's not trying to stabilize anything she's not looking for any sort of extra injuries nope she's not examining this woman in any which way she's not trying to keep her stable she's just sitting there just hovering over going ooh i'm in over my head <laughs> Do you have a handkerchief on you that I could wrap this up with, or what? The fucking woman with her legs broken is like, aren't you, don't you have a first aid card? And she's like, <laughs> it's, it's expired, and I didn't pay attention in class. I'm still in night school. So these dudes, like, run past her, and instead of being like, oh, help me, or whatever, she just looks at them, and she's like, oh, are you serious? Like, you didn't even stop. You're so fucking rude right now. And then finally, I guess after she sees the helicopter leave and she thinks Hayden is on it, then she finally gets gets up and takes this woman to wh- wh- wherever. We go from this shit show to back to Patterson saying, well, you know, that was bad, but uh, now uh, I'm kind of concerned about a follow-up, a super tsunami. As if the first one wasn't one. Is this ice shelf, like, the size of fucking Africa? Like, is that what's gonna happen? Nah, this one's Delaware. It's a little bit bigger than Rhode Island. <laughs> It's Texas. I love, like, the just the, the the levity of handling this, like, you know, apocalyptic event. And there's, like, three people trying to solve this problem. That's it. Maine, Patterson, and the fucking pilot. The greatest minds. That's because, unbeknownst to everyone outside of the situation, the rest of the planet is dead. Yeah, like, you know, after the events of this, they go, you know, they, they get back to land, and it's just, like, a fucking, like, a hundred feet of just water, just, like, people dead everywhere. They get back to the mainland, it's just Charlton Heston screaming at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you blew it up! <laughs> it's just him on the Statue of Liberty, and everything else is covered in water. You sank it! Kevin Costner's there and Dennis Hopper. They're like, where's the map? Kevin Costner's like, I'm fine in this. I grew gills overnight. I'm good. Bye. She explains this this fucking apocalyptic scenario and, and Maine's kind of like, oh my god, my fucking daughter, she's still on the boat. <sighs> and then there's just like a bunch, there's a lot of back and forth where these people are putting, okay, this boat is compromised. It is sinking. Oh yeah. Why do we keep trying to use these fucking elevators? How do they even work? Well, they're doing the whole thing too from the original Titanic where they're like, ladies and children only. What is that about? And some fucking, like, Charles Bronson-looking motherfuckers, like, throwing a fit. There are no children on this set, first of all. And second of all, the one dude is just like, okay, all the ladies, all the ladies in the in the elevator. I'm like, why aren't we trying to just put people in there as fast as we can? Why are we, why are we <laughs> taking our time to separate people? Also, uh, this isn't the 1920s. Like, you don't have to have that kind of strange priority. Just get right off the fucking boat. That's what I'm saying. Like, just get out of there. What are you, nuts? Well, they're getting on these lifeboats, and they, they zoom out to the front, to the fucking Titanic Two just birthing these things. Oh my fucking god. You want to talk about bad effects? That's the worst effect. Yeah, these were the high-tech lifeboats, not the ones that were fake on the fucking actual boat. Yeah, the fucking Kids' Choice Awards are fucking going into the water. And they seemingly just stay there. They don't even, like, travel anywhere. They just st- hang around the fucking boat that's sinking. Nope, they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it's, uh, it's about to drop. Uh, it just dropped. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently the rest of that ice just fell in the water. <laughs> Fuck it. John Hurt let the, let, let the fucking last charge off and it exploded. They show this giant iceberg with this, like, horrible, like, fucking uh, overlay of the ice cracking and it's it's just, like, a mile stretch of this shit just fucking falls off of it. (sighs) In complete darkness. (laughs) 
Well, then we go back to Patterson. We go back to the fucking helicopter, you know, our, sec- our one of our only uh, locations in this film. Yeah. And Patterson gets a call, and she's just sitting there like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hangs up. Yeah, it fell. It's it's a super tsunami. <laughs> and, and Bruce Davidson's just like, fuck. <laughs> How we doing on fuel there, Snipes? He's like, we're almost out. We got to call in a drive-by. Yeah, he's they're like, he's like, where's the closest one? He's like, I don't know, somewhere in Canada. And I'm like, where is the ship? Where's the ship? I guess they're in Maine. I, I don't know. They have to be somewhere close for them to go to the refueling station and then like back to the ship. But it's not even like it's not another ship, and it's not like land. So he they say Canada, but like they're still on the ocean, and it's like a. F- flying refuel kind of thing so back to like where all the the lifeboats are getting boarded and uh amy's getting like accosted by this charles bronson looking fuck (laughs) and then uh hayden comes in from like out of nowhere and rescues her and uh this guy goes oh it's all your fault and he starts punching this guy in the fucking face starts beating hayden up oh he fucking biffs him looks like tom zavini or some shit so he fucking punches hayden in the face like it's all your fault man bruh and then Amy steps in. She's like, hey, stop that. And he's like, okay. She's like, get on the elevator or whatever. I'm sorry. My, my blood sugar's low. <laughs> and then you think this guy gets on the elevator. Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did. I thought he went right in there and the fucking doors closed and he went down. What, did he stop to go take a shit before he got on there? I don't know, but he's coming back in a little bit. While this is all going on, by the way, there's this this character of the fucking chief engineer that did, they just decide to have, you know, interspliced throughout this occasionally, who's like really not followed up on at all by any character. Paul McCartney just shows up out of nowhere. He's he's fucking running across the ship. I gotta get to the turbines. I can fix this. It's like they didn't build this character up at all. He has one line of dialogue before this, and they're 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 focusing like minutes on this guy. Calm down there, check off. You ain't fixing shit. He literally comes into the fucking the bri- on the bridge of the ship, and it's just like the turbines, and then leaves the scene. And then he's like running down a set of stairs. He's like, gotta go to the turbine room, and then we don't see him again for like a half. <laughs> And I'm like, why are you going down to the turbine room? The ship is compromised. It's going down. Uh, yeah, so Hayden and Amy are running off because, you know, Amy's like, oh, my coworker Kelly, you know, I'm trying to get to her. He's like, let's get out of here. And and she's like, she's in the infirmary. And he's like, where's that? And she's like, it's on the last level. It's at the bottom of the ship. I'm like, what? Excuse me? I have to be the one to crucify this scene real quick because I'm sure even you two... Even anyone who has minimal medical expertise or knowledge or even anyone who's ever applied a Band-Aid. This is fucking preposterous. And, like, because I've seen how difficult it is to dress a bandage and how difficult it is to stop bleeding if, like, you're not really doing a good job. This this made my head spin. So they find her and she's being crushed by some debris. Whatever. Cool. Fine. They pick it up off of her, and she's just ambiguously bleeding. I'm not sure where from. I think it's on her shoulder, collarbone, neck area, something. It's, like, on her chest. I thought she had, like, a punctured lung or some shit. This this woman's the nurse, right? So Amy's a nurse. They they find their her friend, and Hayden, they're both on the ground. They're like, oh, my God. She's like... Her friend, who is also a nurse, by the way. Right. And she's like, oh, I'll put pressure on it. So he's holding pressure on it. She gets up and goes over to the cabinet and, like, opens the cabinet and is just, like, doesn't even really, like, look through the cabinet. She's like, oh, there's nothing in here. 
And then she goes back to her friend. She's like, oh, I need a credit card. <laughs> I just saw a bunch of gauze and all kinds of medical things in that fucking cabinet you just glossed over. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. These people don't need it because they have magic. Because their their idea to, to stop this wound is to take a credit card or a piece. I'm assuming they just need a flat piece of plastic and just rip up some medical tape which looked like porous tape, and I gotta tell you, in a situation where there's water coming in, it's not gonna do anything. Sure ain't. It's gonna slide right the fuck off you. Even waterproof tape probably ain't gonna help you here. But they just, they, they lay this fucking debit card over her wound and just tape it over? And they're like, good, you're saved, let's get going. And she gets up and walks away. And I have to ask, like, wh where did anyone in this production, be it from the writers or Shane Van Dyck, um, or one of these actresses or somebody come up with this because they need to be slapped like a dozen fucking times. And was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's an old trick I learned in the war. But if you don't have a credit card, you're fucked. I'd have believed it if someone grabbed a tampon and shoved it in that fucking wound because that's actually designed to absorb blood and will stop bleeding in some situations. That kind of makes sense. Because it's a, it's, you know, it's a porous cloth object. Yeah, Larry David proved that on Curb when he shoved it up his nose when he had a nosebleed. <laughs> Was step three to find, like, a cautery gun and fuse this to her skin? Quick, find me a hot glue gun. Well, they couldn't do that because Hayden's going to need his black card back later. <laughs> hey, that's American Express business. I need that back for my fucking travel points. What the fuck? What's this? Stupid. Fucking grade A dumb shit. Why? Why? Stupid. No, because stupid is underselling it. Because this is, this is, this is, even nonsensical is underselling it. Because I don't know why anyone would look at that and go, yeah, cool. I can accept that. But it's like, and it's taken completely seriously too. It's not a gag. It's not a gag. It's a logic breaking moment. It's not defying logic. You're breaking the rules of every reality we can conceive right now. Not only that, but we just bypassed a giant bag of cotton to your right. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, not to mention the entire drawer of, of medical supplies you looked at and said, eh, nothing. So I wanted to bring that up before that, like, she gets up first because the, the, the second time she's like, give me your credit card. And he like, it takes him five minutes to take this out. And then she's holding it on there and then tells him to go find the tape. And he's like, where's the tape? Like, she should know exactly where all of this shit is, right? You could have done a better job if you took every piece of tape in that in that room and just started just wrapping the fuck out of her shoulder. Right. You'd have done something a little more productive than just covering it with a piece of plastic. Literally just taping the tape over the hole in her chest. Who said that was okay? Like, who was like, yup, sounds great. Perfect. We're going to shoot it this way. And, like, the fact that he... Like, could you imagine being on that set and being like, hey, uh... Uh, 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 Shane, you know, then this is kind of silly, don't you think? You're fired. Y yep, that's what I think it is. Don't you know who I am? Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, motherfucker. Well, we go right from that to, uh, the Charles Bronson trying to get on the elevator and getting fucking socked one in the mouth. Yup. Which, like, is karma this movie didn't need to dish out? Oh, I was, I was into it. I, I was pretty happy about that, honestly. I was totally into it, too. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's more exciting than all the fucking disaster stuff Right, but, like, I it. thought this guy was on the elevator and gone already. He seemingly jumps out of the shadows and grabs this dude and he's like, motherfuck! And he just fucking, he just knocks this dude out. Yeah, he takes two goes at this guy. He's 
just like, there you are again. So then we get, you know, because this, this, this fucking riveting plot point, we go back to the engineer fucking stumbling around trying to like hold on to like the side of a fucking banister while people <laughs> slide past him. Doesn't he get hit in the face at one point? He's like, oh. Yeah, he gets inside and gets nailed. We just linger on this guy holding his nose for like a solid two minutes and then it just cuts to him walking down some stairs to go to the turbine room of the half of the ship that's already sunk underwater. Somehow, Hayden, Amy, and uh, Kelly end up in a fucking elevator because they can't get into the stairwell for whatever reason. It's locked. The stair, the doors to the stairs are locked, so, but the elevators are fucking in perfect shape even though the fucking, even though the boat is like on a goddamn fucking 90 degree angle. Well, yeah, because right as they're about to get in this fucking elevator, randomly, I, I don't really even understand how this happens other than the fact that the boat's tipping over. Mind you, there's no passengers. They're all gone, I guess. It cuts to the captain, who I guess is just going down with the fucking ship. <laughs> yes, he is. He has to because it happened in the first movie, so. <laughs> it happened in real life. History repeats itself again. Here I am. See you in hell, Redfield. Well, he's talking to Maine, and he looks like he just drank a bottle of scotch. And then just randomly an explosion happens. And just, I say explosion, but really it's just a room with, like, a a bright light. (laughs) There is a healthy-sized explosion that happens in the center of this ship that assumingly originates from the core of this boat. Right. It looks like it happens from the engine room itself, because it shows some, like, machinery or nonsense or pistons, and then like, that's where this explosion is superimposed onto this fucking background. The the boat is non-existent anymore. If, if it was already sinking before, this explosion has blown the boat in half, and both halves are being rapidly filled with water. They're going to sink. People are burned. They're fucking dead from the impact. Th- nobody should still be alive. Don't you love how it's easier to accept in any movie when a car explodes by bumping into something? Um, but this movie has uh, 19 disasters laid on top of each other, and each one is worth ripping apart logistically. Because it, they're too over the top for it to make any sense. Yeah, it's not like it's some fart of an explosion. It is like, yeah. you know, skyscraper size. It's enormous. You would see this explosion from New York. Yeah. <laughs> It was a mushroom cloud over the ocean. What's that big shadow? And, like, literally the only point of this is just to kill the captain, some, like, tertiary characters, and so that the elevator that fucking Hayden, Amy, and Kelly are in stops as a fireball zooms towards it. Just by the way, so the cap was on the phone with with Bruce, and Bruce was like, don't put people on the lifeboats, the death traps, keep them on the fucking whatever, don't put them in there. And this guy's probably sitting there thinking, well, I already put them all on the lifeboats, Bruce, thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate it. See you later, explosion, I'm dead. Bruce, the boat blew up, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead in an explosion now. We finally get this fucking uh, Top Gun refill on the fucking helicopter. <laughs> Line it up with the goddamn other fucking plane. Exactly. I thought they were landing in Canada or some shit, or like on a like a fuel carrier or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, not like somebody flew out to them to fuel them up. Like what? You know, this is the point in the movie where like they know that this other uh, the super tsunami is coming, but they show the tsunami coming towards them as they're refueling. But they do this thing where basically it's just a black wave coming towards them where you can't really see how far away it is. It's just filling the entire screen. It's just pitch dark. And I kind of like it, on paper at least. I don't know if it really works in the context of the film, but I like the idea of that. If you film that right, you would you could create something that would... Be terrifying. Yeah, you mean like the perfect storm? Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, when they do it really, really well, yeah. Not this movie. Well, apparently the pilot of the other plane doesn't see it because you watch as they ba- they refuel at the last possible second, and this helicopter literally leapfrogs this fucking tsunami. He's like, pull up! Yeah, the other airplane just gets engulfed and blows up. It blows up! Like, the fucking wave is made out of cement! Yeah, this plane would disappear at best. Also, it would have been fantastic if when the helicopter, like, leapfrogged this wave, it had the Mario jump sound. Bling! <laughs> Somewhere after this explosion, we go back to the boat, and there's a, there's more shots of carnage, but it's just it's just like shots of extras being really awkward. They're they're in the elevator, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do. And I don't know if Amy calls her dad or her dad calls her. Yes. Well, she gets her cell phone from the fucking infirmary where she had left it earlier in the movie when they save her friend. He he tells them basically like, yeah, the lifeboats are a fucking death wish. Uh, you're better off just staying kind of in the middle of the boat if you can. And they tell him, oh, yeah, we're in an elevator. And, he, and he's sitting there just fucking blank stare. Okay, I'll, I'll get to you somehow. This is the plot point where he's like, get to the diving facility on the ship and make sure you get some, you know, like a wetsuit and like a, you know, an air, t- like scuba gear. And, and he basically goes to Hayden like, you showed me how to be a man once, show it to me again. Whatever that implies. <sighs> I don't know. Help my daughter, I guess. You're really impressed but when you let me punch you that one time. Remember that time you took my boat, you scumbag? So, like, he's like, yeah, get get to the di- the diving, uh, 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 the dive locker. Hayden's, like, looking around, and he's like, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, where is that again? And he looks up, and he's like, yeah, I know where that is. He goddamn well better know where it is. He built the fucking thing. Yeah, I know, but, like, this room is on a higher deck than the fucking infirmary is. What are you talking about? And uh, somewhere along the way, Hayden gets a fire axe? Well, it's in the elevator, and they make a point of showing it when this fucking fireball goes off, where he fucking crashes his head into the fucking thing. Yeah, and he's like, oh, an axe, I found it. And, like, at some point, he to, to make it easier to transport, he's, like, tucking it into the back of his shirt. I'm like, you want to be decapitated is what you want. There's no fucking way your thin-ass button-up shirt is gonna fucking hold this 20-pound axe to your back so you can climb a fucking ladder. Not unless you're stuffing it also into your pants which at that point like you're not running anywhere right you're better off like putting it into like your belt right because they go through like the, the the ceiling hatch and the elevator and they climb the ladder um and then at some point like a door won't open or some shit like that isn't it again what is with these doors he says something like the door isn't supposed to open this way it's supposed to open towards us but it, it like won't open it is literally there just because they wanted a scene of him jar- like jamming that axe in there yeah and amy trying to squeeze through and then she barely makes it and then kelly who who's already on death's door, just pushes her through, and then the fucking door collapses on her and kills her. Yeah, but she becomes a fucking doorstop because (laughs) Hayden fucking (laughs) slips right through, and he's like, ah, I guess she had to die. Welp, see ya. The secret is he pushed her, but, uh... (laughs) I'm so so sorry your friend Carrie had to die. Kelly, Kelly, yeah, that's her name. (laughs) Um, also, the only water that's filling up in any of these scenes is just, like, somebody turned a sprinkler on off screen, and it's just, like, dripping on the floor a little bit. Especially this next scene, because they're, like, they they get into this other room, and they're, like, running around, I guess, trying to find this dive locker, and there's just, like, a literal, like, half-an-inch puddle on the floor. Yeah, not even! Yeah, and, like, I'm supposed to believe this is, like, the bottom of the ship, isn't it? And, like, they're, like, walking like it's, like, this, like, it's hard to get through, and it's just, like, it's, like, somebody just, like, pouring a water bottle out from, like, the ceiling. Then there's exposed 
exposed wires in the ground that have now caused a different kind of hazard that seemingly replaces the previous one. They have this this fucking, you know, what, what would you say, like 50-foot stretch of just water where there's this live wire touching it? Well, here's the thing. It's just, it's not even like an inch of water and like this live wire is in it, so it's electrocute, you know, it's, con- you know, it's... It's gonna electrocute them if they touch it, in theory. It, it'll electrocute them if they touch it, you know? Hayden's even like, well, I don't know if I will get electrocuted, but I'm not gonna try. Yeah, so I don't know the logistics of that. So... Is it's not ground? How does that work? I don't know. Maybe you could get electrocuted. The thing that got me was his fucking plan was to jump in the air and and fucking monkey bar across on this pipe. You know how much fucking upper body strength that would take? No, I know. Well, the un- well, since we know nothing about his character, we didn't know he was an American Ninja Warrior winner. So of course he can do this. Like no problem either. Well, he shimmies across. Yeah, he shimmies across this thing like a fucking champion. Well, then Amy says, "Well, I can't do it. I can't jump high enough." He's like, "Come on, you could do it." And I'm sitting there thinking that wire's about fifteen feet if not like less than that away from you can't you just kind of like reach it he could grab it he could if he wanted to grab a broomstick and just push out of the way yeah or just pull it out of the way because it's like all insulated from the outside just grab it well he convinces her to finally jump up and and come across but she makes it like halfway and gives up like harry and marvin fucking home alone and uh he literally jumps back up and starts walking over to her and i guess like coaxing her to make it across like he doesn't actually help her really no okay she's slipping off the pipe Okay, and he jumps up and he's like, I'm coming over to help you. I'm going over to help you. Her one hand is about to slip off and he's holding onto the pipe with one hand. She's holding onto the pipe with one hand and he grabs her with his other free hand and grabs the hand that slips off. And then he seemingly just like pushes her hand back up to the pipe and she magically fucking has a good grip on it now. Fishman did better in fucking bushwhack crossing that bridge than this woman did. (laughs) I would have trusted those kids to have come up with a better survival plan than anybody I've seen in this movie so far. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Bless those little scouts. Other perilous situation, like I said, they've uh, seemingly erased the water that was coming in the room. You never see or hear about it again. Nope, because they, they, they got to the checkpoint, and it saved, and then that water, like, you know, just disappeared. Oh, they got a time bonus. Okay. Well, yeah, they had to put a, they had to put a bow on this fucking uh, chief engineer storyline. They're at the dime facility door, so... Hope is is right in front of them. All of a sudden, they hear a fucking knocking sound, like a, an ambiguous knocking sound. It could be, it literally could have been anything. And they're like, "Do you hear that? Somebody's still alive." Well, we gotta go save them. At that point, you just got through two death-defying things. One of your friends just died. It literally could be anything. That person could be on the verge of death as we speak. Wouldn't you just be like, you know what? Let's just make sure we save our ass right now. You know what? He won't live to tell people that I didn't hear him. Because <laughs> not only that, but like they don't know where the sound is coming from and they're seemingly walking down these hallways to figure it out yeah they're just losing time yeah investigating strange sounds should not be on your list of priorities that's exactly what i'm saying so they're he's banging on this door and he's like and he gets to the story he's like i i it's coming from here and he's like ah the fucking door's hot and we cut to fucking paul mccartney with a bunch of shit felt dropped on him and there's a big fire in this fucking room and he's like help belp 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 and uh, the guy's like, you, oh, you got to get out of the way. I can't open the door or whatever. And he's li- like, his dialogue is literally just like, uh, 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 u
and then he just dies. He just dies. And now I'm thinking to myself, so, so this is the guy from before who was running down to the turbine room. So now my gears are going in my head, and I'm like, this motherfucker caused that explosion. Yeah, trying to fix it. He went down there and he fucked with a turbine and blew up the ship. Scotty, he is not. The dilithium crystals fucking melted and exploded on this motherfucker. So Hayden's like, it's my fault. I killed him. Ah. It's my fault. This guy I didn't know, nor could I see, died behind a door I couldn't open. And then Amy goes, actually, you know, it kind of all is your fault because you built this boat. <laughs> you know, you wanted the insurance money and you got your wish. He's like, this is why we're not together, Amy, okay? Because you're so goddamn honest. So they get into the fucking diving room, right? Yeah, they get to the diving room and the fucking... So they get into this locker that's like made out of wood. <laughs> By the way... There's only one fucking diving suit, and uh, I guess Amy's putting it on, but she's got to strip down to her undies first. He's, like, running her through the fucking dive suit. He's like, put on the wetsuit. Okay, now here's your scuba gear and shit. And he's like, look, turn on this fucking beacon that's built into all of the fucking diving suits. That's, like, a lost diver beacon or some shit that apparently transmits over, like, all of the Coast Guard, like, sonars or whatever the fucks. I mean, it'd be nice to have, but the rest of the world is dead, so. So, yeah, after that, the, the fucking super tsunami hits and first they show all these people like with life rafts on or life vests on they're like oh someone help us someone help us <laughs> they're just floating in the water and then this fucking tsunami hits this fucking boat and like i said earlier it's just this, this giant black wave this like 600 foot wave just overcomes the fucking boat it's just a black screen with it's just a black nothing like i couldn't even see what was happening no yeah i had no idea what this was for a second well, all you really need to know is that the boat tips over literally upside down and i'm sitting there wondering where the fuck jack sparrow is to help them out. This boat is upside down. Nobody's alive. Nobody's alive, okay? The lifeboats are all destroyed, by the way. Not only that, like, we're not on the ceiling. Yeah, inside, everything's fine. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, everything is right side up inside, because the water's filling up regularly, and everything is the way, it's, it's just nice as pie in there. Yeah, like, the only negative thing is that a fucking cabinet falls on the door that they're inside. <laughs> And he can't push it open. This is the only moment in the movie where there is, like, for these two anyway, where there's, like, actual physical peril because it's the only shot in the movie they could seemingly afford to fill a room with water. Here's my question, and I have to jump ahead a tiny bit just to make this point. Bruce Davidson, in a few minutes, pushes this cabinet away when it's totally submerged. He sure does. Well, he's covered in diving gear. How the fuck between the two of them inside this cabinet could they have not have like leaned up against the back of it and just used both their legs to push this fucking thing off of it they could have hayden probably didn't want to live with the guilt of uh having uh somehow caused uh, uh an unforeseeable biblical natural disaster so he killed himself via drowning that is more credit than you should be giving this fucking guy but to go back a little like bruce davidson is on this fucking helicopter he's putting on his fucking splinter cell diving suit <laughs> He's having some really bizarre dialogue with that girl in the in the helicopter because she's talking to him and he's just going, "Yep, uh huh, going in, bye." He's like, "Hold this rope, it's a thousand feet." She's like, "Well, what if, uh, what if you got to go more than a thousand feet?" He's like, "Then let go. I guess I'm dead." He says it like, "Shut up, you idiot." That means I'm dead. Leave. Stop asking questions. This was like his last scene he had to film. I feel like, and the rest was all stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> well, right after he jumps in the water, like. Snipes is like literally like within seconds of this guy hitting the fucking water. Uh, I, I'm about to lose control of the helicopter. <laughs> 
we're out of fuel, he says. You just refueled. I guess, well, because that fucking 600-foot super tsunami came, they didn't have enough time to get a full refill. But yeah, he's basically like, uh, you may want to, uh, vacate the premises. She's like, why? He's like, because we're kind of about to die. She grabs a life raft, throws it in the water. She's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. And she jumps in. I'll figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. How about the second she's safe, he fucking just crashes into the water and dies. Seemingly intentionally. Like, she jumps, he's like, oh, thank God for that. Just fucking careens into a fucking piece of debris. He fucking jacks his joint, the, the fucking, the uh, controls to the helicopter and fucking just <laughs> drives himself into the fucking ocean. Well, you know, he, he knew that his fucking wife and kids were all dead from the tsunami. <laughs> Had nothing to live for. Bruce Davidson starts his fucking descent uh, into this fucking boat. Meanwhile, this, uh, this, like, tiny room that looks like they're in an elevator shaft or, like, a small container. They're in the closet, in the diving thing. And they're having a back and forth about, like, I guess there's only one oxygen tank? Right, yeah. There was only one, there was only one suit and one tank in there. Hayden's like, well, I either freeze to death or I, uh, have no oxygen, so I guess just leave me here. Um, and I guess this was, this to me seemed like their super lazy, uninspired way of replicating only one person can fit on the door. Oh, you think? But he gave every fucking possible scenario of how they won't be able to get out of there with one wetsuit and one scuba tank. He was like, well, even if we get out of here and, you know, and I don't die of hypothermia, there's only enough air for a half an hour for you, and I'm going to die of hypothermia anyway because I don't have a wetsuit, and I'm going to drown before I have hypothermia. You know, he, like, fucking says, like, ten different fucking scenarios. And if I make it out of here, your dad won't let me date you, so better just leave me here. Or if I get out of here alive and you're dead, your dad's definitely not going to let me date you. <laughs> your dad will kill me. Dad just breaks his neck underwater. It's like, yeah, I couldn't save either of them. <laughs> Oops. He drowned. I saw it happen. It was awful. <laughs> There's, like, lots of shots of, of, of dad swimming, like, just... I, First of all, he's swimming in a green screen. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, and the boat's sunk by now. There was a, oh, yeah. They make a point to say, like, oh, if it goes below 60 meters, you're going to get crushed. He's like, I'll keep an eye on it. It's completely submerged. Yeah, he's, like, he's swimming across these very, very funny-looking flat backgrounds. So he eventually finds them, and, like, in this closet, it's... Yeah, like, right after Hayden fucking drowns to death. Yeah, he, like, just dies. Super Dad pushes this, this locker out of the way with, like, one hand and then like pulls his daughter out or like she gets out and then he grabs Hayden's corpse well he says something like well if I drown they can maybe resuscitate me maybe if you were dead for like 30 seconds problem is this ship is underwater he is a popsicle and he has lost consciousness his brain will now be deprived of oxygen for at least 10 ish minutes oh yeah he's 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 brain dead for sure yeah um so they get him on his life raft and the <laughs> the fucking ending of this movie it's just people trying, it's just her trying to resuscitate Hayden, and I really thought he was going to go, <gasps> and pop back to life, which I would have thrown my laptop across the room. I thought for sure he was coming back. Instead, it keeps just hilariously cutting back to his waterlogged corpse. <laughs> she does give him CPR for, like, what feels like an eternity. And her dad's like, okay, well, he's dead. No, no. You're wrong. She doesn't give this man CPR. She keeps leaning over and grabbing him and kissing him romantically because she's not even doing the CPR correctly. She's a fucking nurse. She's not holding his nose and, like, blowing into his mouth. She keeps, like, grabbing his chin and, like, 
making out with them and then like also um movie cpr i have to say is infuriating every time you watch it because like if you're doing cpr correctly you'll break somebody's ribs well <laughs> and, and then she i guess she finally realizes that there's no hope of bringing him back and she goes in for like one more kiss and she just whispers thank you and then it fucking some hell some really really bad 3d model helicopters show up and for like literally like two seconds and then we just cut to fucking credits so there was like five survivors of this whole thing. Who, who were these helicopters for? I don't know. Like the army showed up late. Like, hey. There, there's like the people that went on Hayden's helicopter and then fucking Bruce Davids, Davison, his fucking daughter, Patterson. That's it. Everyone else died. It seems more like a bunch of, like, randos who weren't associated with the situation. Like, we're just doing, like, they were on their way back to somewhere. They're like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> oh, yeah, they were on their way to actually try to go save people from, like, the impending doom that's coming towards them. Yeah, from the, the impending coastal apocalypse. Well, that's what they're actually for. That's my thought, too. Yes, but they made a pit stop, and they were like, hey, anybody alive down there? Titanic 2. Ah, oh, they got a life wrap. We'll come back from later. We have bigger problems. The East Coast is engulfed. And that's that's Titanic 2. Titanic 2 TM guys where are we putting this uh this is irrefutably a dumpster movie <laughs> uh, yup. it's nowhere near as laughably okay here's the thing i don't like movies that are made intentionally too like like ironic bad like i don't respect sharknado because they know full well what they're doing no however like something like this is an extreme example like the room is lightning in a bottle because everyone in that involved in that was sincere and that was a supposedly actual effort from a man and his friends to make a fucking movie correct i thought this was going to be something like that where this was so lovingly inept that it would have some kind of joy and charm to it but it's it is kind of fucking dull but then when it's not being dull it is it is brain crushingly stupid and there's not a single likable person in the movie. They're barely people. They're basically just a bunch of faces that move along the plot, which is almost non-existent. Um, and it also has a dreadful ending. This, like, this goes in the bottom of the fucking dumpster where Sean has all that garbage congealed over and fucking, you know, this that, all that <laughs> stuff down there I don't want to touch. I didn't hate this, but, like, God, it's useless and has just, just no point to it. That's where it is. It's a fucking dumpster. <laughs> okay. I mean, we talked about this briefly in the in the beginning. Well, first of all, it's in the fucking dumpster, straight up. Um, I don't I don't need this film. It's not even it's not even fun in like a again in like an ironic way because it's like made with it, it's made with sincerity to the point where it's a competent movie that really tries real fucking hard to be something that it's just not. Um, and when I think of Asylum, I don't associate it with something like this. Like, I associate Asylum with, like, giant fucking cobra versus Komodo dragon island. This this aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, and, like, that alone should tell you, like, oh, this is going to be some, like, popcorn garbage. And it's just not. No, it's, like, obviously, there, it, it's, like, laughably bad. But, like, it seriously thinks it's this, like, highbrow action movie. <laughs> and it totally is not. The CGI is is the CGI and the compositing in this film are are some of the worst shit that I've ever seen. And like it's it's like things to be embarrassed about. Like what I don't know. Again, like I was saying too, like you have 
someone the nepotism there where like you know you have this person who comes from this long line of uh, of of actors and actresses and 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 like wealth and like notoriety in the industry that is just like putting a fucking stain just because he thinks he wants to make movies you know what i mean and he, and he's still doing it too that's the thing yeah and it, it, people keep fucking buying him and like i guess there's something to be said for that but I, I, they gotta like what they gotta just break even right on each one just about probably like there's gotta be some pool there's gotta be some pool of money that he just keeps taking out of to do this because he just wants to do it or he's got some kind of like tax shelter like fucking Uva Bowl did and there's somehow yeah there's somehow making money back there's no fucking way because if I started making shitty movies tomorrow and just cranking them out and churning them out there's no fucking way that I'd be able to sustain that and I'm just I'm just thinking about all those things so yeah you know like Connor said like some of the stuff in this is like hilariously laugh out loud bad but like it's not it's not presented in a way where it's offensive to me in like like as far as like being bad on purpose um it totally takes itself seriously and i'll give it credit on that um because these people think they're making a really good film but uh yeah right in the fucking dumpster with this boy uh don't need it um it's a dumpster movie. I think that kind of goes without saying, and you guys have kind of said that already. But uh, I, I have my own personal spin on this that that may blow your minds. I did not think this was as bad as House of the Dead. No, I agree with that. No, it's not. It's not even as bad as Bunraku. No, I'll agree with that, too. I, I don't like it, but I fucking laughed a lot watching it. So, you know, I'm going to take this fucking, uh, I'm gonna take the Keaton fucking Titanic, we'll just say this is like the Lego fucking version that Connor was talking about earlier in the episode, and I'm just gonna take that on its maiden voyage into the fucking dumpster. <laughs> and it's, it's gonna, it's gonna hit a fucking dirty diaper and just crash right down to the middle of the fucking dumpster, and that's where it's gonna live. Oh, man. Cause, uh, I, I mean, this probably should be the bottom of the dumpster, but for me, I, there was enough silly shit in it that I kinda like that I feel like it's a middle of the road dumpster movie, which still means it's very bad honestly i think if it was close to being as bad as house of the dead there'd be some level of charm to it but it's just not there <laughs> yeah but I, I i don't know i i the stuff with fucking bruce davison just kind of staring off blankly into the distance for for 90 minutes and this this guy basically writing and directing himself as this lady killer with the fucking money and he's the hero of the whole movie it's just yeah who wrote himself into a hero's death yeah he's up his so far up his own ass it's like ridiculous yeah so it's it's a middle of the dumpster movie for me uh I probably will never watch it again, but uh, honestly, if it came on the Sci-Fi Channel and I had a couple of friends over and we were all having some brewskis, I'd fucking leave it on for some background noise and, you know, point up at it every once in a while. Say, hey, look at this guy. (laughs) Watch Davison not look at anybody when he talks to him. Look at him. There he goes. (laughs) Look at this plane refuel. This guy's name's Snipes, by the way. It wasn't, like, offensively bad. I I didn't watch this. Never did I watch this and roll my fucking eyes. I just, I either laughed or I was just kind of bored. It's definitely not a totally boring film. But it's also just not well done. So it's kind of just like you get that middle of the road shit where it's like, yeah, I know this is a made for TV movie. So like I kind of get to give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But even with that said, it just uh, still a dumpster movie. There was one gripping part in it. That was when they were in the fucking locker. And for a moment there, I kind of felt something because like she's got the scuba suit on and she's just watching this guy die. I mean, she did more than Rose did. This is true. No, you can't have my door. She tried to. She she offered it. My parents can't know I dance with a poor boy. The po- did you guys watch the post credit scene? It's Granny Van Dam throwing the fucking thing over the edge. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, she's she 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 emerges from the water with a necklace in her teeth. <laughs> I'm back, motherfuckers. I'm gonna set the I'm gonna set the timeline straight. I'm gonna buy my own castle. So that's it. That's Titanic 2 from 2010, directed by Shane Van Dyke. Hey everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. As long as we don't touch the wires, and our feet aren't on the ground, we won't be electrocuted. Right? I don't know. You're a nurse. I'm not an electrician. I don't know. There's only one way to find out.